Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com.
suffered and he died for us. I've got 10, 15, 20 minutes to give him my all right here this morning. And I know that it's cold and I, and I don't plan on being before you long this morning, but I do want to share with you what the Lord shared with me. And as, as Brother Tommy already mentioned, what a day we have today. This day right here should triumph any other day in our, in, our, in our calendar because of what it truly means. If it wasn't for this day, I wouldn't be here this morning. I wouldn't be able to stand this morning and tell you the good news of Jesus Christ, if it wasn't for this day, this morning. And the Lord laid on our heart, it's very familiar scripture, and it's uh, chapter 53 of the book of Isaiah this morning. And I'm going to read the whole chapter, so you just bear with me this morning. Again, I try my best not to be before you very long. Verse 1 says, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of the dry ground. He hath no form, no commonness. When we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and was hid as if with our faces from him, as he was despised, and we were esteemed not. Surely he hath borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. All like sheep we have gone astray and have turned everyone to his own way. And to the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought 
as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before the shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he, sh he was cut off out of the land of the living people, for the transgressions of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich, and with his death, because he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief when that shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days in the pleasure of the Lord. He shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and he shall be satisfied by knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide unto him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of men, and made intercessions for the transgressors. Lord, we thank you again for this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what it represents, for what it means to us, dear Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, you just go before us here just the next few minutes, dear Lord. Just help us, Lord. Open our mouth, Lord. Lord, that we can praise you this morning, dear Lord. Lord, thankful, thankful for the day that you've given us, dear Lord. Lord, help us just to celebrate you today, dear Lord, and you alone, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. You see, you, you think I got to thinking on this, and the Lord was giving me the scripture to read. He actually gave me this scripture during the revival that we were in, and I didn't know when I was going to get to preach it or how I was going to get to preach it. But the Lord laid this passage on my heart, and I began studying it and then reading about it. You know, and we think of how His message was misinterpreted. Nobody wanted to hear what He had to say. Nobody understood His message or His mission. They all thought that that the, the Messiah that was going to come was going to be a great and mighty man, a king that they thought that he was going to look powerful, he was going to look look like somebody. But ain't you glad that he was born just as me and you and probably in a lower state than me and you was ever born in. I was born in a hospital. I was able to have heat and air and I was able to have a blanket. I was comforted the day that I was born that I was told. You know, I don't know that. I don't remember that. But he was born in a lowly manger in a town called <laughs> He didn't have all those luxuries that we have. He wasn't born into the great things like everybody was expecting him to be. Everybody was just saying, oh, he's going to be a great and mighty God. And don't get me wrong, he was great and he was mighty. But he didn't look that way when he was born. He looked as small as you and me. And I began to think about how necessary that was for the process. How, how necessary it was for him to look just like me and you. For him to be just as one of us. Nothing higher, nothing, and maybe even lower. You know, I, was, I found in the book of Matthew as I was studying this in thir uh, chapter 13 and verse 31 it says another parable he put forth unto them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like in a grain of a mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all seeds but when it is grown it is the greatest among all herbs and become of the tree so that the birds of the year come and lodge in the branches thereof. And I began to thinking about Jesus in that sense, about how when he was born, he was low, he was little, he was he wasn't again, he wasn't lifted up. There wasn't something miraculous about don't get me wrong, don't misunderstand me there. His birth was miraculous and how it all took place, but it was in a lowly manger. So the world looked at that as like he was the least of the least in that. But as as he grew, and as that mustard seed grew, just as that scripture as it grew. He become more and more and more. He become the ultimate herb. He become the ultimate sacrifice for me and you this morning. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that God come and send His only begotten Son that we may have that opportunity to be here this morning. And I know. And He come as, as Brother Tommy's already mentioned. He come humble. He didn't plead his case before those that come at him. He didn't try to, to, to deny. You know, somebody comes at me and you, somebody tells us that we're wrong, and even when we're not, 
We look at that and we get defensive. We try to defend ourselves. Christ didn't do that. He knew that He had to be humble before the people. He knew that He had to take all of my sin, all of your sin this morning, to be able to bear that, to be able to, to that I may have eternal life. He didn't open not His mouth, not one word did He utter, not in defense of Himself. How often do we get in that shape when someone says something about us that we get defensive and we start backing up, especially if it's not true. We don't like nobody to talk bad about us. Christ didn't, and it bothered Him. It grieved Him. I believe that my sin, the... 2,000 years ago, I believe that he knew my sin. I believe that it grieved him in his soul about how, about my sin, about what I had done and where I had been. I believe that. But it said he was a sorrowful man. And I believe that there was joy, and don't get me wrong, but he was sorrowful. He grieved. He knew the things that he was going to have to go through before he even, and I believe when he started growing up, he knew those things. And it grieved him in his heart. His sin grieved him. But I also believe that it satisfied God to to, part, to punish him, to bruise him, as it says here in the Word. He laid his and our iniquities upon him. And I'm thankful for that this morning, because if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be here this morning. There ain't none of us worthy to sit here this morning. There ain't none of us worthy to be here celebrating and raising and praising his name this morning. But ain't you glad that he went to Calvary for you and me this morning, that we have the opportunity to be here, that we have the opportunity to celebrate what this day truly means. Hey, I know it's cold. I know that it's early. But let's give God everything we've got today. We look at our churches across the country, and this is not happening everywhere. And also we look at the shape that we're in. Hey, it's time that we people of God stand up and start praising Him, start recognizing who He is and giving Him the glory for what He's done for us. Hey, not just for my soul, but for my family's sake, my, my kids' sake, my church's sake. I have to be willing to stand and tell people about what He's done and why He's done it. See, and the reason that he did it was because for me and you. He loved me and you so much that, you know, they tried everything in the world. They tried all the other sacrifice, but nothing could measure up. See, and they knew it back here in the Old Testament. Isaiah prophesied of these things, prophesied of the man to come. They said, hey, there's one that's going to come that'll have to do these things. He'll bear our iniquity. He'll take our sin because there's nothing else that can sustain it. There's nothing else that can take care of me. There's nothing else that can take care of you this morning. If, if it wasn't for Jesus coming and dying on the cross, we had no hope. But ain't you glad you have hope this morning? And our hope ain't in this world. As as Christian people, we shouldn't lay our hope up here in this world. Our hope is over yonder. Our hope is in the, in the blood of, shed blood of Jesus Christ and what He's done for us. And I'm glad that we can come together this morning as a, as a body of Christians, a church people, and say, hey... Well, I want to celebrate my Savior this morning. I want to celebrate what He's done for me. I want to celebrate how He bore all my sins. Hey, I was a wicked person. I did a lot of things that I have uh, that I'm, I've mentioned that there's not nobody knows about. There's few people that know about them. But my Lord and Savior knows everything, every idle word, every idle thing that ever come through my mind, everything that I did that brought shame upon my not just the day from the day that I was lost until I got saved. Even the things that I've done. When I, after I got saved, He knows all of those things, and He knew that beforehand. And it says He bore all of my sins. All of them. Not just some of them, all of them. Because if He didn't bear all of them, I wouldn't be able to stand this morning. So how great of a God we serve this morning that bore all of our sins, knowing that we were going to fail Him, knowing that even after the day that we come to knowledge of Him, that we accepted Him as our Lord and Savior, that there were still going to be times where we failed Him, where we let Him down, where we, where, where we despised Him, where we mocked Him. 
You know, and you, you think of that as he was going in. I think Brother Zach shared it the other night. Everybody was praising him for all the miracles that he had done as he's going. You know, they liked to be around him when he was doing good, when he was helping them out, when the miracles were taking place. They wanted to be there. But when it got serious, when his soul was required, even the very elect ones that were following him were denying him. And he knew that. He knew that before they even did. He even told Peter, you'll deny me three times before the cock crows. Or thrice. Before the cock crows three times, you'll deny me. And you know, he loved him anyways. I don't know about you, but that encourages my soul this morning to know that no matter what I do, no matter how often that I mess up, that He bore all my sins and that He loves me in spite of myself. He carried more than what anybody, any other man will ever carry. You know, we carry burdens and we carry grief sometimes for our family, for our children, for our loved ones, for our siblings. We carry those things and we think, hey... I don't know how I'm going to bear the weight of this for them or, or loss of the what We carry all those things. You know, he carried all of that and much more. And, and again, never done any wrong. A perfect man. Uh, absolutely perfect. No sin whatsoever ever became in his life. And yet he died. He become on the... I heard a, a message from Billy Graham the other day. He said, the most sinful man in history took place. It took happen at the cross was when Jesus Christ died. So he become the most sinful man that there had ever been, and in order, and I and I realized that because in order for him to pay my sin, he had to bear the sin of every sinner and every every person that had ever been born that had ever not just been born that was going to be born. So you think of the sin that you carried in your life for years and years, maybe that you carried it, and think of what was laid upon him that day, the sins of every man, past, present, and future. Every man, he bore those sins. And we need to praise him for that this morning. We need to to worship him for what he's done for us this morning. Hey, and again, I know it's it's cold and I know that it's early. But what did he do for me? I was somebody that, again, that don't deserve to be here this morning. There was things that I've done in my life that brought shame to my family's name, that brought shame to my name. Put people in situations they never desired, never needed to be in, done things to people that they had no desire to ever have done to them. But yet He loves me anyways. He loves me in spite of myself. And that encourages my soul this morning that He can love somebody like me. And we look at our churches and we think, hey, we need to celebrate Him this morning. We need to make this day an important day. We need to celebrate Him. We need to show Him how much that we're thankful, how thankful that we truly are, because if it wasn't for that, hell would be our destiny. But ain't you glad and knowing this morning that if you've been saved and born again, that you have an eternal home, that you have a life, that you're going to get to spend with Jesus forever and ever and ever. And all these griefs and all these sorrows that we bear here will never take up there. We'll never see them again. We'll never encounter them again. All because of the cross. All because of what He did. Nothing that I can do, nothing that I can ever do will justify me. But everything that Christ did justifies every one of us. From the youngest to the oldest, Christ loves you this morning. And if you don't know Him this morning, I pray what a better day. What a day to come to know Jesus. And then on His resurrection day, you could be resurrected from your death this morning. 
I remember that day in my life. I remember how lost that I was and how hopeless that I was. And I thought that there is no way that anybody can love me like that. Nobody can take care of me like that. Nobody can take care of the things that I've done. Nobody can, nobody can forgive me for my sins. But I remember the moment that I knelt to pray, the moment that I asked Christ into my heart, my whole life changed yeah. just like that. Just in the twinkle of an eye, I was a new man. And I'm thankful for that. And if you don't know him this morning, whether you're here or whether you may be listening, I pray that today be the day that you know him. Have that have that day. What a day to, to celebrate a new birth on Easter. What a day to be born again if today would be your day that God calls upon you and tells you that, that you're lost. What a day that that would be because of what this day represents. This day represents new life. This day represents a new chance for me, a new chance for you. Because if the death, if it wasn't for the crucifixion and the death altogether, hey, it wouldn't matter. But all of those things had to take place. And I, and I find it fitting, as for myself, the, the last couple of days that we've had, Friday was a dark and dreary, rainy day. Yesterday was a dark and dreary, rainy day. It, was, it looked like there was no hope for the sun to come out. No hope for any good thing. No hope to do anything at all the last couple of days because how miserable that it was. But you look around us this morning. You see the sun coming up. You see the blue skies. You see the clouds. And it's a perfect representation to me of Easter. Of, of that Friday being a dark day. where One of the dark, probably the darkest day in history. But it had to happen. The darkness had to take place in order to get to Sunday. In order for Him to rise again. And I believe it was about this time that they were figuring out, hey, He's not there no more. Hey, He said that He was coming back. He said He was coming back. And, he, and they got there to that tomb and they found Him not there. What a day. And I can stand telling you today that when He left, He told them, He said, I'm coming back again to get you, to bring you home to me. I hope that encourages your heart this morning. I hope that it encourages your soul this morning to know that, hey, all the sins of the world, all the sins of you that you have, it don't compare to what Christ did. You may think that you have no hope, no, hope, no peace, but you can have it today. Again, our churches are going to be filled probably all across the country here this morning with people that are coming just out of an obligation. It's our job as a Christian body to come together to lift up Christ so that He will draw all men nigh. That there may be a day today that somebody, maybe it's here, maybe it's at the churches down there, wherever it may be, there's going to be people coming out of obligation today. But you know what I found? It only takes one time coming to God's house. It only takes one time for Him to speak to your heart to change your whole life. It, 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 and He talked to me and told me that I was lost multiple times and I didn't answer Him. But the one time that I answered Him, He changed my life forever. And that's all that it takes. And that's what we as a body, as a Christian people, need to be praying for today. We lift Him up, praise and worship Him. And he's, the Bible tells us that we will lift His name up. That he'll draw all men nigh. So let's do that this morning. As we come together in our worship hour here in just a little bit, let's come together and let's worship him. But like he's worthy to be worshipped this morning. Because he is. He is worthy of what of what he done and what he accomplished on Calvary. That's the only reason that any of us can be here this morning. So let's take it serious this morning. Let's praise him. Let's worship him. 
like it's our last opportunity. Because it may be. We don't know. Wouldn't it be an awesome thing to him to step out on the clouds while we're all sitting here this morning? While we may be singing a song or, or somebody testifying or whatever. Wouldn't it be awesome to see those skies just roll back and him to step out and say, it's time. Come home. I thank you for the time this morning. Amen. Amen. You glad you saved? Amen. Amen. In the first several chapters of Acts, you'll find the Apostle Peter as he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just him, the rest of the disciples as well. The Bible said they all began to preach. And you know in all of their messages what you'll find is a reference to the resurrection of Jesus Christ of which we are witnesses, they said. Everything they said, they documented it with this truth. He rose from the dead and we know it. We saw it. Anybody know he's alive? I'm not trusting your opinion. I don't need your opinion. He lives in me. That's how I know he's alive. He lives in me. The Apostle Peter said this. I'm not going to add anything to the message, but uh, this is on my heart. What he said to them when he stood up, he said, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Now I say that because some of you are aware that Jesus Christ died for your sins. You know it, but you've never received it. You've never been born again. But you're here today because you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and you also believe He rose from the dead. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. I just want to say today that I am the reason he had to die. It is not no one else's fault. It is mine. He had to die for me. That makes it my responsibility to absorb the death of Jesus Christ and know that I have to receive it to be born again. Last verse. Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. Death never had any power over him to begin with. From the beginning he said, I will lay my life down and then I will take it back up again. No man has the power to take it from him. I'm glad today that what he did, he did willingly. He did because he knew that I was lost. It was for my sin that he died. Oh, we celebrate because he didn't stay dead. That death did not have the power to hold him. It was not possible to hold Christ in that tomb. 
And I'm glad today that we can celebrate as the men and women of God. The brother kept talking about cold. You've never been in a deer stand in 12 degrees with the wind blowing. This ain't cold. <laughs> this ain't cold. No, I'm tickled to death to be able to Amen. be out here. Amen. I'm glad the, the, the clouds are gone and the rain is cold. And we have a day when we can worship I love him today. I don't know about you, but he's risen and he's in my soul. Bless his holy name. We're so glad you're here today. We have a service at 1030. I hope you'll come back, but we're fixing to eat. I'm going to pray over the food. I'm going to ask you to stay with us. Fellowship, it's warm in there. Uh, we've got coffee and food and everything else. So we hope you'll stay with us in fellowship. But do join us at 1030. Be prayerful for the service. Be prayerful for the service. Many will be here. And there will be many that need to hear the good news. He ain't dead. He's alive. He's alive. And he wants to be alive in you. Somebody with a testimony before we dismiss. Anything at all. Now with us. Father, thank you for the privilege to assemble. Bless your name for the opportunity just to exalt you. To say out loud, and I hope everybody that is within hearing distance can hear me. That you're risen and you're risen for me. I bless your holy name and thank you for the sacrifice, the great suffering that you endured, that I might go free. If the blood you shed, sufficient for my sin, was applied in Father that in every heart, every soul might receive it today that don't know you. We pray now that you'll bless all these good people that have come. Father, may our heart be intent this very day on honoring you, keeping this holy holy unto you. We ask now that you'll bless the food that's been prepared. We thank you so much for all of those that work so hard to bring it, to provide it, and we trust, Father, that you'll bless it. We do this in honor of you, believing in all of this, that souls, Father, will hear and believe. As we trust it, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming.